into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Now, with your first purchase, you get 25% off with code DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on this emergency podcast, emergency, all is well right now in the baseball world. Baseball is back. I have two of my favorite folks here. Drew Goodman of AT&T Sportsnet. What's going on, buddy? How you feeling right now? A whole shitload better than I felt uh, about 24 hours ago. How about that? Amen. Amen. And joining us in Miami on the road, always scouting. I imagine <laughs> you were tailing Max Scherzer to find out what he was up down there. It's Kevin Henry of Rock Pile. How you feeling, buddy? Hey, man. It's good to see you. It's good to have baseball back. I'm excited about this. It is. I mean, I, I don't really know where to start other than to say that I'm kind of surprised because so much of the news that has been coming out has been about progress, has been really positive, but it seems like both sides were just so far apart. Up until recently, the owners moved. They increased the collective bargaining tax threshold. The international draft thing got thrown in there, but they were able to create a caveat to say, you know what? Let's kind of put that on the back burner and let's see if we can work something out at some point during the year. If so, we'll tie that to the qualifying offer on free agents. But all the other details, we've got it worked out and baseball is back. Players are going to be reporting tomorrow. Does, does this hit you as a surprise in any way? Is it still kind of sinking in for you, Goody? Well, I, I will say this. You know, last week, and, and obviously we, we talked, Patrick, last week, and when they went into the wee hours on Monday night when they were still in Jupiter, you kind of you had optimism. Okay, we've seen this play out before. Kevin's been in this a long time. You've seen these things, and you go, okay, they had a breakthrough, and, you know, enough of the staring contest and the game of chicken. We're going to get this thing done. And then when it all fell apart, and I have my theories as to why, uh, on Tuesday – you know, it, it was so deflating and then, but they kept talking, which was a good thing. And then you arrive at the, the all night meetings, just whatever it was 48 hours ago. And so, you know, you, you're getting optimistic again, but it's still with great caution. And then with the, you're going really over the international draft, this thing's going to break up. So I'm telling you until I saw it officially, because I know John Heyman, who's, you know, he's close with Scott Boris, and, and Boris is a hardline guy, as we all know, and there was rumors that, that many of the guys on the executive you know, board who, you know, five of the eight are, are Scott's clients, were going to vote against it. You're like, holy smokes, this thing may still not get to the finish line. And so when it finally did, it was, you know, it was a huge sense of relief, you know, number one for the game of baseball. And, and Patrick, as you know, we, we were all tied to it. We make our living in it. And so, you know, there's a there's a selfish appreciation for the fact that they got to the finish line as well. And I'm and I say that, you know, with without any sort of remorse or, or you know, regret. There's a lot of people that, that this affects beyond players and, and well to do owners. Kevin, shocked, pleasantly surprised, uh, shocked. It actually came through. I got to be honest, uh, much like uh, Goody was saying there, I've, you know, we've been through the roller coaster so much these last few days. And whenever I saw that about the executive committee come over and the possibility of a no vote coming from that, man, I, I tell you, I, I got gut punched. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I really thought it was going to uh, fall apart, but was pleased to see it come together finally. Uh, and, and Drew, like you said, I mean, this, this is good for baseball. We need baseball back. We need fans to re-engage with baseball, care about the, the off-season signings, care about what the team's doing. 
Uh, so, you know, I, I'm hoping that that picks up as soon as this thing is officially done this evening and uh, the offseason kick starts again. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I just got off a phone call with, you know, some, uh, you know, TV folks and, you know, trying to figure out logistically and everybody's trying to figure out where they're going and, and, and what's going on. And I'm excited again about talking about the game and there's been damage done. Let's, let's not, you know, sweep that under the rug, Kevin, there's been a lot of damage done really the last couple of years. And, and I, and I suggest you go all the way back to 94, 95, where I'm sure there were some, you know, people that, that were died in the wool baseball fans that left and perhaps never came back. And we live in a different world as often has been discussed on podcasts like this and other talk shows and, and so on. And, and I'm, I'm sure there's some people out there that are cynical. Good. You know, I'm done with you. I'm tired of reading about people trying to split up basically an $11 billion pie and having trouble doing that in, in this, you know, in, in the world that we're living in, not only, you know, nationally, but, but globally with what's going on in the Ukraine. So uh, I, I'm kind of like you, Kevin, they, th there's a different world. It seems like they were living in. And, and the fact that some people still said no, because I, I believe, listen, I believe the owners did move quite a bit ultimately and they needed to, but uh, you know, there, there's so many things I'm thinking about, but number one is we're going to have baseball again. And for people like ourselves who love the game and adore the game, that's a great thing. Yeah. Let's dig, dig into some of the details. Players are going to be reporting on Friday. They're, they're headed in. And I think all players are supposed to report by uh, the end of, uh, I want to say March 13th is the mandatory reporting date. Obviously we know there'll probably be exceptions for that. Spring training games should begin on March 18th, which actually is supposed to be when the second big league weekend takes place in Las Vegas. Uh, Drew, I don't know if you're able to break any news here or, or discuss about whether or not that will still go down. The first week got canceled. It was Cleveland and Oakland, and that was March 12th through 13th. So this should align with that game still going on, details still coming out as we speak. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that. It was part of a discussion I just had um, on, on the television side because we were going to televise that game. It's it's very important to the Rockies. It's important to Major League Baseball. And with what has transpired, I don't know if that still takes place because now you have a contracted spring training. You have guys. Listen, yeah, guys are going to report. What, what did you say, Saturday, fellas, or, or is it Friday? I don't even – I can't even remember. Is it tomorrow? Yes, it... tomorrow when we record okay. Thursday. So Friday they got to report, and then the 13th is – But there's going to be a video. faction of players, which is – we'll get to, I know, in a few moments, these free agents that, you know, who knows when they arrive because, you know, it's going to be a feeding frenzy the next 24, 48 hours, whatever it is. I just don't know how you can go, okay, guys, you just got here, play catch for, you know, 20 minutes, and we're getting on a plane and going to Las Vegas. I, I don't know. I have no idea if that takes place this year. Um, but if it does, it, it was scheduled for, as you said, for next weekend. So we'll see, man. Everything's fluid right now. Yeah, and I'm going to be curious, how do the fans react? You know, those that have canceled their trips already – are there going to be, you know, coming back down for spring training games? What that, what's that going to be like? Uh, you know, a buddy of mine has an Airbnb in the Phoenix area, and, and he was just saying how horrible this has been. Uh, so I'm sure he's uh, thrilled with what's going on. But, you know, I checked uh, car rental prices earlier, and they're nearly 200 bucks a day. So uh, whatever, uh, whatever jump they were going to get from MLB coming back, I, I think it's already happened. So, but yeah, but you, you, 
you know, I, re I read something I'm sure we all have on social media earlier today, and it broke my heart. Uh, it was a family that had clearly saved up for a while, you know, reality of, of normal folks, if you will. They had saved up for a while to take their family and their kids who, you know, they, they enjoy baseball to go to spring training for the first time. This guy was like, never been to spring training, longtime baseball fan, wanted to share it with his children. And, and you know, they were going, I think, whatever, whatever period they were going, it, it didn't happen, as we know. And it, it, it just broke my heart, man. It's like, this is real. This isn't, hey, you know, is the CBT going to be 230 million or 240 million? These are real folks. And, and that bothered the crap out of me. Well, yeah. and like you said, Drew, that's the fans that, that are going to be going to, is it worth it anymore? I mean, that's the sad part. Yeah. yeah. And at some point, Patrick, Kevin, Patrick and I have talked a lot about this, and, I, and I'm sure you have in private conversations or, or whatever. The only sport right now that's truly bulletproof is football. It, that's a fact. And yes, baseball and some of these deals done that run through 2028, some of the big ones with, with ESPN and with Turner um, and with Fox, extremely lucrative. But there's no rule in this new universe that we live in that it always has to ascend. Things can change. And so, you know, to me, killing yourself to win a nickel now when you may lose 25 cents down the road, you got to be mindful of that. You have to be mindful of that. I know recently we had been hearing, you know, even from some players, you know, behind the scenes and through the grapevine that they were ready to sit out as long as June. And all right, well, April attendance is usually on the lower side. So you're not losing out the very much, uh, like you said, nickel and diamond with the owners looking at that and you say, ah, maybe mid May is when it's going to come back. But I think I had some, some hopeful optimism when the off season began, because I thought March 14th was going to be the day that baseball had their press release and they were going to come back because ultimately how MLB and the owners were going to approach this is give the deadlines about when the season would be in jeopardy and the players not take that bait and say, well, no, this is still a really, really bad deal. And they would get past that deadline, but not so much that it would totally destroy everything. And so now that we're in the, in the safe place, safe space, we can look back on everything and evaluate and say, thankfully we didn't go down that path of really self-destructing and blowing up. So as you said, Goody, the damage has, has been done, but I think, I think the fans are, are going to come back and it is in the same situation as 94 and 95, thankfully. And we, we don't have to see that again. And, and we'll get into all the details of the CBA and if there are possibly not loopholes, but if there's anything that the players may want to come back in five years for, and we deal with the same thing again, hopefully. And that's always the case uh, every five years when you have to negotiate a new CBA, but that, that won't go down like that. Opening day. Uh, April 7th uh, is what it's supposed to be for MLB. Yeah, It'll be April 8th. Yeah. We, we don't know because right now on that's a, you know, the Rockies yeah. are supposed to be in San Diego. So um, we'll see how we'll, we're going to learn a lot in the next, right. you know, uh, probably minute by minute, right. We're going to learn, we're going to learn different things, uh, you know, nationally and, and, and locally also, you know, uh, I'll ask Kevin this, you know, I'm sure you've pondered this also. I don't think it's, Hey, everything's rosy. It is for, it is for us. Cause 
you know, this is what we do. But there, there's going to be some folks out there that, and you're going to see an impact, maybe even on opening day, where where stadiums oh, yeah. perhaps aren't sold out, um, where they're like, hey, you know what? No, I, this was very how this took, you know, how how this went down was unsavory, and we're not just going to come, you know, rolling back in. And here's here's my hard-earned dollars. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, as as the days unfold, what attendance is. I, I agree, you know, and I think about teams like Atlanta. I mean, obviously, they've got a World Series banner they're going to be hanging, and they're trying to capture all that excitement from last year. That's dulled with everything that's gone on, uh, you know. So I, I think about teams like that just outside the Rockies and some of these that had such high hopes heading into the year. What what does that do to their fan bases? And I think that's a really good question to ask. And 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 Drew, I think you're exactly right. I'd be I'd be surprised if every stadium is chock full and has that energy that we always expect for opening day, as it has been in the past. Yeah, and a, and a quick aside, uh, um, laughing at this is as is, is Kevin goes over the the world champion Braves. Um, their attendance will additionally be affected by whether or not they are able to re-sign one Freddie Freeman. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. So, you know, if, if Freddie resigns, maybe there's a few less empty chairs. But if he's in New York with the Mets, say, or the Yankees, oh boy, yeah. And that's a good point to to jump off on free agency. The off season is going to resume again. Now, the owners still have to go ahead and and ratify this CBA, and uh, that'll be happening in, right here in the middle of our show. And then a minute later, maybe even at 4:01 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We could have our, our first bit of free agent signings. Uh, maybe And maybe it'll be a week before the Rockies make a big splash. And there in Las Vegas, Chris Bryant will show up to the exhibition game. Look, I, Kevin and I were into the fantasy booking of, of pro wrestling. So how about that? For the seventh <laughs> inning, you, you think you're going to get uh, some, some kid out in low A. Chris Bryant, they announce it right here in Las <laughs> Vegas, comes out, standing ovation. I can dream, you know? Yeah, the, the Vegas native, but the one thing I will um, challenge you on, if you will, is that this is no longer, say, December, where you can have flirtations. And, and I do know for a fact the Rockies have had, um, at varying levels, substantive conversations with a number of, you know, they don't publicize it, with a number of the big names out there, including Chris Bryant. But... Again, this is not early December, so your best offer has to be the offer that comes forth. That you said four hundred one at four hundred one, you got to come guns a blazing because if you finish second, you finished last in the process of signing. You know, and we know the Rockies. The, you know, Bill, Billy Schmidt's on record as saying they need a couple of bats, and I don't know if they'll if if that's realistic where they're signing two big free agents or attempting to sign two big free agents. Uh, but the guys that they're interested in, there are other teams, a lot of other teams that have interest in those guys, whether it's a Bryant or a Schwarber or a Castellanos. Um, so this is going to be very interesting, not only nationally, but specific to the Rockies over the next several hours, really. Absolutely. And, and let's not kid ourselves. There have been, a lot of thoughts go on these free agents' minds. They've they've been thinking about what could happen, playing that what-if scenario. They've had plenty of time to do it. So absolutely, if the Mets walk into Freddie Freeman's house with an offer that can't be refused, hey, at 401, absolutely, he could be on his way to New York. Who knows? 
Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the other, the other part of it that I think Kevin kind of alluded to, I'll, I'll steal, you know, the page out of the NBA where it seems like, you know, I, I call up my buddies, Patrick and Kevin, I'm like, Hey, we can be the three headed monster here in Memphis or whatever it is. Well, you're, you certainly are going to get, not that that didn't take place before in baseball, but you probably got a lot more of it with these guys just working out idle time going, Hey, what do you hear? What's going on? And, and so guys, guys talk and, and, uh, you know, Hey, come play with us, man. You're a free agent. We have, we got a good team. You don't know about some of these young arms we got coming up. And, and so there's been a recruiting process that's taken place uh, amongst the players undoubtedly. And so it'll be interesting to see how quickly a team swoops in on a guy because players been doing some intel and working behind the scenes or, you know, look again, we, we know tampering and stuff can, can happen behind the scenes. And so, uh, it, it wouldn't be beyond that to see something, but it'll be interesting if, if in minute one, we immediately have a signing like that. What, what's the over under when's, when's the soonest you think, will we have a free agent signing by the end of Thursday night? I say, yeah, I think. Oh, we oh yeah. yeah. I, without question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I agree. Sure. Because here, Here's the other element of it. Take, take whatever big free agent name. It's Thursday. What do we got? I'm looking at my computer here. It's March 10th. Reporting, as you said, Patrick, is tomorrow. They're, let's say they have a family. You know, the you know their partners saying, "Where are we going?" And, and you know, depending on where you sign, it may be Florida or Arizona, right? They want to know. They don't want it. They don't want Sunday night rolling around, and they're still unsure as to. Sure you know, what their destination is. They want to go play baseball now, have their contract sewn up. Okay, I'm going to make X amount of dollars over the next, whatever it is, three, four, five years. And I'm now a member of this team. We're packing our bags. We're renting a, you know, a nice home and, and off we go. They, they don't want this thing. It's been going on long enough. It's true. And, and they had a lot of time to sit there and go, here's how much Corey Seager signed for. Here's how much John Gray. Here's how much Robbie Ray, whoever you want to use in there. So they've had time to think about who's the perfect fit for me. And if they come to me with X amount, absolutely, I'm in. And, and I think you're right, Drew. I think they're ready to get spring training just as much as we are. I'm ready to, to get down to the corner of Colfax and York for one of our Rockies watch parties. Nuggets and abs, they're hogging all the fun. Rams and buffs as well. Even the Rapids are getting in on the action. Now we can finally do it for the Rockies. Members, you get that member size beer. Your annual membership actually gets you a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com. You get extra raffle tickets at all of our watch parties, members-only Discord. You know what? Even if you just want to dip your toe into the water, it's only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. And there's also excitement going on in the basketball world, as we know, with the conference championships. Now you can turn your team's victory into your own victory with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook is not available in your state just yet, guess what? You can still get in on the action with DraftKings pools where they're free, free plays all March long for a shot at over $250,000 in free prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. They win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
you know Avaca TV has got nuggets and abs. Well, now Avaca TV is literally going to have Rockies for you in no time. Yes, they've got Altitude Sports. They've got AT&T Sportsnet. You can check that out all up and down the Rocky Mountain region, Denver, Springs, Phoenix, Boise, Twin Falls, Idaho, you name it. Just go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. Zero hidden fees. Contracts for $25 per month plus a receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years. Never worry again about watching your Nuggets, your Avs, or Rockies with Evaca TV. Go ahead, Goody. I got I got to keep you moving here. You're you're excited. I love it. You're a ball of energy. Hit us up. What's the next thing on your mind right now? The next thing on my mind, uh, I'll be perfectly honest, is that I have a flight. Kevin, you down in Miami? You said. Yeah, I'm in Miami. I'll be in uh, Scottsdale Saturday night. Okay, so. So I have a flight tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Oh, man. Wow. To Orlando to watch. Uh, I'm going to go watch my middle son. Their uh, college team's down you know, in, that, in Florida for the next 10 days. So I'm scheduled to be down there for the next, I think, 10 days. But I may be flying, as I've done before in the past with this, from Florida to Scottsdale, depending on when we televise our first game. And if, in fact, you know, if it's in Vegas or if it's in Scottsdale next weekend, I'll be I'll be doing that. So what's going through my mind is packing and making sure I have my TV stuff and TV outfits, um, et cetera. So that's all the exciting things going on in, in my mind right now. We got to make sure we're following you at Drew Goodman 42. Is that where you share your photographs of your TV outfits? And then you let people that, you know, follow uh, you pick out what, what you should wear. Is, is that how that works? Patrick, um, you know me well, and uh, I'm not frivolous in, in the use of social media. I don't, I hopefully become self-absorbed and go, hey, what do you think? You know, I'm in Starbucks right now down in, you know, and whatever in Boynton Beach. I, that's not my, my shtick. Um, nor putting outfits on or workouts on the air. Not my deal. I do, I promote my podcast and you're great about doing that as well. Um, so actually I think I'm going to have a little special addition to this week's podcast come out, uh, tonight naturally to talk about it. Cause we, you know, we, we always tape Wednesday night and as of Wednesday night, I had a glum look on my face as opposed to, uh, uh, a more joyous, um, a more joyous look on my face, but anyhow, we'll, we'll figure it out. Excellent. All right. So, so you're starting an Instagram account is what I'm hearing for the outfits. Well, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, uh, all the speedo stuff will be on the Instagram side. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. We'll if, all right. If Andrew Goodman clothes blows up, I'm, I'm anxious to see this. That'll be fantastic. So. Yeah. You'll, you'll get a retweet from us. Don't worry. All yeah. right. But I don't know if we want to necessarily get into all the, the details about league minimum stuff and, and CBT, but one thing we should talk about, since this is a baseball podcast, is the rules that are going to be impacted uh, part of the announcement that's been coming out. Again, some of this I think could change, but I think the bigger points probably are are, are, are good as gold. Nine-inning doubleheaders are back, regular extra innings, and yes, the universal DH. Kev, go, go first. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, I think the DH has been dissected so much just because we knew that was one thing that was going to happen. Uh, you know, we were pretty darn confident in that. We heard Bill Schmidt say, obviously, they're not going to go out and sign Nelson Cruz anytime soon. Uh, so, you know, obviously, yeah, I'm very interested to see what a free agent might be uh, in regards to that as far as the Rockies go. How are they going to use that? 
you know, I think he's pretty much laid out the blueprint that it's going to be one of those guys that they're going to shift in, in and out, uh, you know, for those long home stands of Coors. Uh, I, you know, I hate to say it. I'm a fan of the DH. I'm excited to see what it does. I know the strategy is a little different than everything else, but uh, I think if it can bring a little bit more offense to a team that needed some offense last year, it'll be a welcome sight. Uh, I concur with Kevin on on the DH, and I used to be, and Patrick, you and I have had this discussion um, uh, on DNVR podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, in the past. Um, I, I used to be a you know, pretty hardcore traditionalist, and I've, I've come, I've done a, a 180 on a number of issues, and one of them is the DH, because Yes, I like the contrast and the, the quote-unquote strategy, but I, I think we've overblown the strategy, really. I mean, so you're going to pinch hit, you're going to double switch, you're going to make a decision, hey, is the guy still effective in the sixth inning, my starter in a 2-1 game? Um, the, D, the, the pitcher slash line, I don't have it in front of me, but it's awful. You know, it's like 120, 150, you know, 180. I mean, it's just a joke. You literally could have any one of the three of us up there with all due respect to the Herman Marcuses and, you know, the guy, you know, the, the, the Madison bum garners. I mean, most guys can't hit and, and they have no interest in hitting. So I'm good with the DH. I found speaking of, of strategy, I found the California tiebreaker rule in the extra innings, very interesting. And we can all wax poetic about the 15, 16 inning game, 16 inning game that went five and a half hours. But in the grand scheme of things, especially when we're trying to alleviate wear and tear on pitchers, it's garbage. And there was strategy to the California tiebreaker. Don't want to see it in the postseason, but stealing a page from the NHL where they play three on three hockey in overtime. What, why can't we do that in the regular season? We're concerned about length of games, number of games. Why not do that in the regular season? In postseason, you have to earn everything you get. I was a little surprised about both those. I, I was surprised about full nine-inning doubleheaders. Again, just everything we know about you know players' health and how much of a grind the season is. And now that they're you know the season is going to seems like going to be compressed a little bit, where we've lost the first week, that's done, and they're going to according to some of the reports, add three days onto the end. And that ultimately means there could be three or four double headers now spread throughout the season. Instead of there being seven inning ones, they're going to be nine inning ones. So uh, it will be interesting to see exactly what happens with that. One of the uh, other interesting wrinkles of this uh, that the reports are coming out is saying that there's going to be a joint competition committee, uh, ultimately a rules committee that's going to start next year that will help with implementing those 45 day changes for new rules. It's going to have four active players, six MLB appointed representatives and one umpire. And that's where they'll, they'll tackle things like pitch clock, base size, defensive positioning, right? Banning the shift or the automatic ball strike system. And I don't know if that necessarily would go into the seven inning double headers or the California tiebreaker, since that is a, a, a you know, gameplay type rule, but I found that to be interesting, especially since you are going to hear from players. Players will have some represent representation on that committee for any kind of implementation of new rules as they see fit. And, and I'll be interested to see how those nine inning, uh, you know, double headers, if they go extra innings, how is all that going to be received after we've had those shorter games? And, you know, MLB keeps talking about, you know, we want to shorten things for the fans and this next generation and everything else. 
And then they come out and say, well, you know, we could have 16 inning games again. Uh, so I'm, I'm real interested to see after this year how it's received moving forward. And if, uh, Drew, as you said, there was a lot of uh, strategy that went into that uh, extra inning last year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back. The, there's some facts that we that we're all aware of. The the demographics of the average baseball fan skew much older than the other three sports right now, and there has been a clear point of emphasis to engage the younger generations in all sports, but particularly in baseball, which is still widely played. I mean, youth football because of the you know the concussions, et cetera has declined in, from a participation standpoint. You have to evolve in anything you do, in any sort of business, you have to continue to evolve. Baseball's in that. And you can't just keep falling back on, well, this is the way it was done. And this is the way it was 50 years ago and 100 years ago. And if you're worried about the record book, which is sacred to baseball fans and purists, you can put a damn asterisk, at, just as they originally did with Roger Maris, hitting 61 homers and Babe Ruth sitting next to him, you know, with 60 and 154 games. You can do that. And um, I think you need to look long and hard if you play a doubleheader and playing seven inning doubleheaders down the road. I want nothing to do with a robo umpire, nothing to do. One Great. of the, the, the most important defensive position in the sport is catcher and the subtleties of catching and framing pitches and yes stealing pitches is my you know you know good friend uh who's worked for the rockies forever jerry weinstein would say try balls i mean it's been a part of the art of the game forever and it's played by human beings it's been officiated by human beings i want nothing to do with that down the road um but you know california tiebreaker i mean you got to look at all those things banning the shift and I, I i used to say Listen, they're your chess pieces. You can play them defensively anywhere you want. And now I start to sit and I'm like, nah, you know what? Keep your feet on the dirt. And, and maybe if you're the shortstop, you have to be, you can play right at even with second base, but you can't be on the right side. And the same thing on the rarer time that we see a, a left-handed, you know, pull type hitter, the second baseman, the same, uh, you know, rule would apply. That's not a bad thing. I'm getting I'm getting on my soapbox here, fellas. But when people say when people say, oh, just go the other way, it ain't that easy. If you've played baseball at any, you know, fairly high level, you know, taking a 95, 98 mile an hour fastball and say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to inside out and fillet that the other way. Guess what? Not everybody's Rod Carew or Tony Gwynn. Very, very difficult to do. Easy to state. Not easy to do. The game at. Go ahead, no, I was just going to say, I wish I could tell you how many times I've seen the Matt Carpenter bunt for a double uh, come up on my Twitter feed the last couple of weeks. And everybody going, oh, just do this. And I'm like, yeah, because it's that easy. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 The game just needs to evolve, which which is the, the, the gist of it. Right. And, and in so many different ways, besides how the game is played, but also how we watch the game and, and having more more opportunities to watch it on the MLB TV package and, and all those things and get it out there and advertising and, and selling the game and not forcing Mike Trout to have to do it on his own. Hopefully these are some of the positive changes, you know, that that get brought about overall, you know, with, with not just with the CBA, but just with baseball being back. And and now they got to, as we started off by saying, they're going to have to make up for some some lost time. They're going to have to make up some ground and 
there's people who have been been hurt by this and so they they've got to make up for it and uh, but they they do have the opportunity to do that now that the cba is you know, the ugliness if you will is behind baseball and there's going to be some make good with fans and beyond make good with the existing fan base they want to embrace and create a new fan base, additional fans. And they need to create a renaissance period in baseball. And no stone should be unturned. And no idea should be a poor one, whether the three of us individually or collectively agree with it. You need to look at everything. And I know some players are staunchly conservative as well. You know, pitchers particularly, I don't want a pitch clock. You know what? You can get your ass on the rubber and pit and throw a baseball within 20 seconds. I don't think that's that's an egregious, um, you know, shot at what you do or taking away from how you prepare to execute each pitch. Uh, th- there, are, there are definite areas where they have to look at and, and help this game evolve and make it, more watchable because there's more things occurring on the field and there's less gobbledygook coming out of the announcer's mouths. <laughs> no, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see if they listen, Drew, as you said, to this next generation of fans and what is really needed to grow the game. And I think they're going to listen a lot more if we go back to what we were talking about earlier. In some of those early weeks, the stands aren't as full maybe as they should have been. I'll be curious to see how much that they are willing to, to really leave no stone unturned and check out what they could do to grow the game. If you have trouble sleeping and you have a hard time closing those eyes late at night because you're up there for a 16-hour or 16-inning game on the West Coast in San Francisco, seagulls are coming down, eating the French fries, French fries uh, all, all over the bleachers, all that good stuff. Don't fret because Wana Optimal's fast asleep gummies will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. It's not going to knock you out like over the counter stuff. It contains 10 milligrams of CBD and just a hint of THC. That's going to have your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. And in zero minutes, you can order Wana Optimal's fast asleep gummies at lightshade.com and get 25% off with that purchase using code DNVR. Again, use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 10, soon to be 11. Denver metro area locations. And you know what? When you wake up in the morning, feel good. Start your day off the right way with positive gut health from Athletic Greens. Now, I take one scoop of Athletic Greens so that my body can absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, minerals, adaptogens, and it helps me start my day right. It supports my mental clarity and alertness before that first cup of Strava Craft coffee. And it's just a micro habit that has big benefits for me. And to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs to bring with you down to Arizona if you're taking some spring training games with that first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ROC, the first three letters of Rockies. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash ROC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Draft lottery, six teams. That's the magic number. We don't have any other details exactly of how it's going to look. I know in the past, there uh, it appeared that 15% chance of getting the first overall pick by teams number one, two, and three. We'll see how that shakes out. But that's going to be something in the offseason 
that I think could trickle into the season and people caring a little bit more about the minor leagues, caring a little bit more about, about prospects and high school baseball, college baseball, and speculating, hey, who's going to go number one now that we know who has that first overall pick? It creates a nice off-season event that I think is going to bode really well for Major League Baseball. Well, I, I think in concert with that, and this was a conversation that was visited fairly frequently the last few weeks with the college baseball season, you know, beginning a number of weeks ago. And, you know, I'm, I'm biased because, you know, I have kids that, you know, are either playing college baseball or played college baseball. I love college baseball. And um, I, I would hope that the games um, are more frequently televised and mainstreamed because then people become more familiar with, oh, there's that kid Patrick Lyons who plays at Vanderbilt. Man, that dude can really swing it. And so when a team selects Patrick Lyons, it's not like, well, who the hell's that? I mean, we have a pretty good idea in the NBA draft because we watch college basketball. Clearly, we watch college football. So when the NFL draft, especially at the top of the draft, comes about, there's a familiarity already with those names. It's much more difficult in baseball. You know, you're supposed to know that kid from Woodland Hills High School, right? I mean, I, I get that. But we can start to move um, the meter a little bit so there is a greater uh, familiarity and appreciation for, for the next generation. And, and maybe there'll be some more eyeballs on, on that draft, certainly in the first round at least. Yeah, how much would we know who Drew Jones was if we didn't know who his dad was? You know, I mean, he's a great player, everything else. But honestly, I think that's where MLB and this whole next generation really has to start promoting what's coming, why you should be excited about it. If you're the Orioles, if you're a team that's not going to have a great season, why should you be excited about what's to come? And absolutely, learning more about who could be your next big star, I think, makes a difference. Yeah, and I mean, the three of us have watched a lot of, you know, video on social media, Drew Jones you know, he's a high school kid in, in, in the, he's in the Atlanta area. Right. And, um, you know, he's Andrew Jones's kid, but I mean, he's got great bat speed, he's athletic build. And, and, and so we get excited as baseball folks, but if you, if you saw more stuff on him and you say, wow, the, whatever team, the Orioles have a chance to, to draft that kid, you got, you know, you actually can have a bounce in your step like the Jets fans always do, you know, <laughs> at the NFL draft going, Oh, why'd they draft that guy? Well, some some of the other details is that twenty rounds. Uh, they're also looking. They're looking to have a pre-draft combine with the top three hundred amateur players. Uh, players do need to submit to a pre-draft physical, and those who participate will be offered, or must be offered, at least seventy-five percent of slot value associated with that pick. And good as you're saying, we kind of had that. Like I, I got a chance to go and see Spilly do his thing there during the MLB draft after the Futures game on, on Sunday night. So there was no games going on because we were 24 hours away from the home run derby. How did you like that whole, you know, production that they did is again, you, you can't really have this draft in the off season, but it was the only thing going on. And for a first year production, do you think that is something that, you know, they can improve upon and, and get better to get more eyes and, highlight the best young amateur players going into the draft. Absolutely. And I, and I liked that, that there's going to be a combine people in baseball have known, you know, for years, part of, they've been going to various combines are called showcases. You know, kids go to showcases beginning at, at, at early ages. It's, it's one of the ways that college, you know, schools recruit and, and they, you know, it's hard to see, 
you know, Arapahoe High School take on, you know, Columbine High School and, and you're down at Stetson University or whatever. But if you can go to a showcase, you're going to see a multitude of, of kids. And so to showcase, the, say, the top 300 amateur players and people and it's televised and people can take a look again, they become, uh, you know, more conversant on some of the talent out there. And, and then they're more apt to be involved in watching the major league baseball draft because some names are going to be called that they've at least seen and, and have an idea of, of what that person looks like. You know, and, and the showcase, you know, it was such a, a great start for it. Uh, you know, we think about what time in the pandemic that we were in and how that kind of altered some things as well. Obviously, I think if you could build that up to where the prospects are there, uh, you know, goodies, you were joking about the Jets fans and everything else getting all excited. But you have, you know, baseball fans actually excited about this next guy coming. Now, we know that obviously if the Jets take a guy, he may be in the NFL that next year. Uh, we, we don't know that with MLB, obviously. So it, that will be, have to be a little bit tempered. But I think to build it up that this is your future, this is what's coming, get excited about it, and even do something in some of those MILB cities that they, you know that this kid might be playing in. Uh, do something where you can really figure out how to follow him through those steps in the process. You know, we, we have so many conversations. We have a uh, at AT&T, we, we truly, and I, I'm not just being gratuitous here, we have a great and enthusiastic and creative and, and some of the best people working regionally um, in sports. I'm not, I'm not talking about on-air folks. I'm talking about, I, lo I love my, my, my brethren and my sisters uh, on the air, but I'm talking about producers and, and, and technicians. And we've talked about this and we need Kevin to pick up on your point, you know, in a, in a nightly Rockies broadcast, Rockies are playing the Padres on a Wednesday night. And you say, Hey, let's give you some updates here on, on, um, you know, what's going on in the, on the farm. And we've done that, but now let's incorporate more video. Here's Zach Veen taking a couple of hacks with, yep. with Hartford. He had a double and a homer last night and people see what it looks like and who he looks like. And in addition, maybe beyond just the, you know, the big names, the Drew Romos and the Benny Montgomery's, the, but some of the other guys. And yep. I, I think that is so important, not just selfishly for Rockies folks, but for baseball as a whole to to make people aware of who these minor league guys are and again what they look like absolutely one of the questions coming in in the chat is by brecton prentice about the success for the rockies this year i you know postseason or otherwise again they, they've got they've got some work that they need to do going in here brecton about um, once free agency opens up here any second, we haven't gotten the tweet just yet, uh, but we'll see what they do and how they can help their roster. One of the interesting things that ties into the emergency pod today in this new CBA is there's not going to be 12 postseason teams. So there's going to be six in each league. That means three wild cards now, instead of two with the uh, wild card game, no details exactly yet as to what that would look like, but I believe how the playoffs would work is the team with the best record in each league essentially gets a first round buy, and then you've got the remaining uh, five teams. I don't think I have that right. I think I miscalculated here. Yes, I did. I, I my, my notes are, I, I got to cross that out. Uh, but ultimately, I think there's some hope that there would be, again, some kind of postseason show where the team with the best record in each league could actually go and pick 
the team that they are going to play against, which again, that's going to build some kind of excitement going on here going forward. If you have a 12 team postseason. And, and, and Kevin, you know, it builds rivalry too. It's like, Oh, you want us. Okay, here we go. Right. Absolutely. Do the chip on your shoulder. Absolutely. Bring in that whole storyline. You betcha. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's great. I think it's trending. That's trending in the direction that appeals to that next generation which is, you know, not opposed to being perhaps a little more flamboyant in a game that has always given the Heisman to, you know, bat flips and, you know, act like you've been there before. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. And I think this is, uh, I think this is ultimately a good thing um, to address the, the question for me. I, I would say we don't know now. It's hard to appraise, you know, where the Rockies are. We know that, you know, from my standpoint, I like the first four in their rotation. You need a lot more. We all know that, you know, the Rockies have been blessed. I knock on wood with pretty good health in their rotation. They lose a guy with a good arm and John Gray. I think that surprised the Rockies. I'm being honest. They, they thought that he was going to be back in their fold pretty clearly. He signs with Texas. Um, you, you have a nice rotation. They need a lot of help offensively. So if we're sitting here and doing this podcast you know, three, four, five days from now, and the Rockies were able to address that, um, you know, who knows? You got to go play the games. And and that means you need some good stories. I always say this in March. You need, you need some really good stories. Every team does. Even the Dodgers, even the Yankees, even the teams with these huge payrolls, they need some good stories to get where they want to be. And, and the Rockies are going to need you know, all of a sudden a Connor Joe or Sam Hilliard finally figures it out and he's a 35 home run guy. And you're like, wow, it, it finally happened. Um, so hard to assess, but if you're the Rockies with that rotation, we know pitching is the most important element of the game and will always be the most important element of the game. You know, you got to go into this season. I know Buddy feels that way that, yeah, we're going to compete for a postseason spot. Now we'll find out you know, how realistic it is, um, you know, based on not only what it looks like roster wise, uh, you know, over the next week and if they're able to make an impact in free agency, but also as the season plays out, because they're certainly, you know, they weren't great last year, but they were better than most people had predicted. Yeah. And, and I will tell you the, you know, Drew, and you touched on it. The biggest thing that I'm really watching is Peter Lambert, Ryan Rawls, and how do those two look? Can one of them step in? Can one, you know, uh, we've seen what Lambert can do, obviously coming back from the Tommy John. What does that look like now? And so I think to me, that's something to at least be excited about if you're a Rockies fan is how do they answer these questions? And there's plenty of them on this team right now as it's currently constructed. Now, you know, 10 minutes from now, that could change completely or whatever. But, but as of right now, there's a lot of questions and how they construct it, I think will provide those answers and who knows, maybe a bridge toward what's to come and we can all hear what that direction is. And really, you know, they, they just have to be doing it long enough to the trade deadline. And then you go and you can and supplement that that roster. So uh, it's certainly a good enough uh, team as of right now. Again, we'll see what they add uh, to possibly, you know, keep it interesting here in the early going. As you said, Kevin, about, you know, Ralston and Lambert, two young guys. Lambert, of course, coming back from Tommy John surgery. Them, along with the rest of the pitching staff, and this is true all around baseball, they're now going to have just three and a half weeks to get ready for opening day as it exists here on April 8th. So 
that's going to be a challenge. Uh, haven't seen anything just yet about expanded rosters. I know that was something that happened in 1995, where I think they went from 25 to 27. So we'll see if if you're able to carry a couple of extra players. And one of the other interesting wrinkles, too, that has come out about this that I've seen in multiple places, uh, like Ken Rosenthal, is that players now will only be able to uh, get option back and forth five times. So now you don't have that same luxury of shuttling guys back and forth to Albuquerque, which certainly isn't very fair to that player. But, hey, you can make up for a roster spot. Now you got to be a little bit more careful. So it will be interesting to see here in the coming hours, uh, maybe days ahead, if rosters will get expanded because pitcher health has to be paramount right now with the shortened spring training. And I know a lot of folks haven't been really excited about, ooh, you know, so-and-so team signed a minor league pitcher or signed somebody to a minor league deal. This is why they've been doing that, is to build up that depth for what could happen if those guys can't, you know, get the arms loose and feel confident enough heading into, you know, the first part of the season. I think you could well see some guys step in for a start or two and have that figured out. Yeah, and to the point you made about the limit now of five, uh, trend, you know, options in one season. You, you, there, there wasn't a number in the past. That helps out. That that's a win also for the players' association because it helps out with service time. Um, and, and I know the minimum has gone up to seven hundred thousand from five seventy. But let's just take when it was at five seventy, for instance. And you say, oh, that guy's a rookie. He's making five hundred seventy grand. Well, if he only gets thirty days of big league time. He's getting 30 out of what is it, 184 or whatever, a full season, I think it's 184 days. So he's not making $570,000 if he's on that, you know, plane back and forth between Denver and, and Albuquerque. And so now it's limited, which, you know, helps a guy, you know, accrue greater amounts of service time and ultimately dollars uh, in his bank account. And, and it could help. We think we've talked about it before. I know I did with, with Kevin, this idea that if you keep shuttling and rotating through rookies, through options, and that's maybe one less veteran that you have to go out and, and spend and, and give guaranteed money to. So as you said, win for the players. Another interesting wrinkle that's uh, coming out in details, Rule 5 draft looks to be canceled. Uh, the athletic Zach Buchanan said uh, that was one of the things that they agreed upon. Normally that happens in the offseason when players had just finished their regular season, not that long prior. And now they've had an entire offseason to put on weight, get over injuries, and potentially have scouts go out and see them play in minor league camp. So we're not going to have a Rule 5 draft this year uh, for the first time in, in some form since 1891. Uh, some yeah. form of Rule 5 dates back that far, believe it or not. And, and that's not a small deal. And, and I'll give you an example. One, and Kevin, I think you know where I'm going with this. One of the guys that the Rockies really hope is, is and he was impactful last year in in, in snippets, he, he battled an injury, a lat injury, is Jordan Sheffield. He was a Rule 5 selection out of the Dodgers organization. And the Rockies really hope that he develops into a plus side arm, uh, protecting leads. Well, I mean, plus side, uh, you know, in the seventh, eighth inning, maybe even down the road, who knows? Uh, if he if he's a closer, he has great stuff. He has a big arm. And that was a guy that that the Rockies took in the rule five draft. So that's not available to them. And more so than many other teams, because we know how tough it is to to get pitching here in Colorado. Who's to say that there wasn't a rule five arm that the Rockies weren't going to be able to pluck off another roster this year. But that, as you said, is not an option in twenty twenty two. No, and all players going to arbitration, uh, those numbers have to be exchanged by March 22nd. 
And that does mean that hearings will actually take place during the season. So that will be very interesting. Uh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall inside of, inside of those rooms, to say the least. Yeah, and, and just going back to the Rule 5 just real quick, I, I think, you know, every team kind of made some roster moves uh, to try to protect guys and everything else. And I wonder if they had known that this was coming, would they have made some of those same moves maybe that they, they did? So I think that will be interesting to hear about in the days to come as well. Yeah, I thought maybe they were – maybe make it like a 41-man roster or, or something like that for the season. So as you said, you could protect one extra play or something like that. But nevertheless, totally done, wiped away. Another interesting wrinkle is that Rookie of the Year award. If your player finishes first or in second place, that player will receive uh, an extra year of service time, which is very interesting. And in teams that place top prospects, very nebulous term, we'll see what that means exactly, uh, teams that place top prospects on the opening day roster will be eligible to receive compensation draft picks uh, if their player finishes in the top three of Rookie of the Year award voting or top five in MVP or Cy Young award voting. So again, kind of prevents some of that service time manipulation, and we get to see the best players because they're deserving to be there from the get-go, not because it allows you an additional year of club control, which is what we saw in the Chris Bryant case when he was with the Cubs. Yeah, this was important for the game. It was important, clearly, from a, a player's standpoint. But it also, I, I think sometimes in a frivolous manner, uh, both sides like to point around what or, or, or throw out there, you know, what is good for the fans. This actually is good for the fans. Take a, a mid-revenue team like the Colorado Rockies. And this is why the owners would not budge on being able to control players for six years. Because... When you talk about the major markets and their ability to sign guys that other teams perhaps cannot, and if it was five years and now all of a sudden you fall in love with a, you know, Trevor Story, right? And he's gone after five years as opposed to six, that's not good for fans. So that was a win. And then from a, from, from a fan standpoint, that was a win. And from the, from the player standpoint, when you have a guy that, you know, is elite, in his first year and can actually bear fruit a year earlier, that obviously is, is good for, for a player. Yeah. There's a lot of these things that are coming out and, and I'm really interested to see how it changes front office strategy, how it changes, how, how they really use guys and, and get them up to the big leagues, get them ready for that, you know, debut as well. Uh, so, you know, there's so much that I think we're, st we're going to learn in the coming days about this and then see implemented in the season to come. And we'll go, well, that's different, you know, and we won't even realize it until it's already happened. Kevin, thanks to your buddy, Robert Murray of Fansided. We officially know 30 to zip unanimous vote. Owners have ratified the new CBA. So it's officially well, official. Hey, Patrick, I want to ask you something because sure. there was, you know, Heyman had put out there that some of the executive board was going to vote against it. And we know that five of the eight members of the executive board are Scott Boras clients and, and, and Scott, you know, a guy I have great respect for, but he's a very, very powerful voice on the player's side. Was there unanimity among the executive board? Was that reporting accurate that there were some dissenting votes with the executive board for the players? You mean, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it does look like uh, all eight, players on the executive board voted against. So 38 votes, there's 30 teams and then the eight players on the executive board. So 
of the actual teams, it was 26 to four. And then the 26 to four to accept the owner's proposal. And then the eight players on the executive board said no, but that still is a 20. Oh, I, thought you, I, I misunderstood you. I thought you said it was 30, that, that all 30 That's teams. for the owners. Voted. All 30 owners. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, so it was 26 right, right. to four. So ultimately you're saying all eight on the executive board voted against it. So it was 26 to 12. Correct. And the two te- and the four teams that voted against, and again, that's broken up amongst the 40 man guys uh, were the Yankees, Mets, Astros, and St. Louis Cardinals. They were the only two, there were only four teams that put the kibosh on it, but. Boy, I'm, I'm surprised, Kevin, what's your take? I'm surprised. Not at the Mets, not at the Yankees, big market teams, a lot of well-to-do players. The the yeah. Astros have some some guys that that are, are in line for big contracts. The Cardinals, that surprises me a little bit. What's your take? You know, it, it absolutely does. And 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 I think the biggest reason is, you know, we always hear about how the Cardinals are part of the fabric of MLB and their long history and everything else. So you would think that they would want to make sure that they kept the game moving forward and that there wasn't any more damage done to it. Uh, I agree with you, Goody. That was one thing whenever I saw that come out, I was like, the Cardinals, really? Uh, I was very surprised by that, knowing the market and knowing how that they've already kind of positioned themselves heading into this next phase of the offseason for what's to come. And, and I, I'll say, let me say this, and, and I hope I articulate this accurately. The players needed to to win in in several areas, and that is – um, the minimum salary, which good good for baseball. They trailed the other three major sports considerably uh, in that regard. Uh, I think taking care of players that are impactful in their first three years um, and, and with that $50 million, uh, bonus pool, um, which I believe was originally an idea of, of Major League Baseball, that, that needed to happen. Uh, you know, raising the CBT, fine, but that really just benefits, from my standpoint, the elite player. Uh, but if you have a board that somehow to me right now at the past the 11th hour, we passed midnight a couple of weeks ago, right? Yep. If you have eight guys, the all, the all eight that still thought that they should be holding out. I'm sorry. If I, if I'm part of the rank and file, I want, I want some representation on that executive board of guys that aren't going to play 12, 15 years and make 200 million playing the game. That to me is a little surprising. And maybe they're so close to it and they find they found the, you know, the whole process uh, and, and who they were negotiating with. You know, they, they, they had such a great antipathy ultimately for those folks that they voted no. They feel like they're getting screwed every time. But that to me, given where we are and all that they've, you know, I, it, gone through and how much major league baseball has moved I, i'm a little surprised that it that it was eight zip to vote against it and and where would we be had they won out yeah. because now you ain't getting paid for 162 and they would that would be a whole nother issue thankfully we're not there but that that surprises me a little bit and i think the players association needs to look at that yeah, my my initial thought too, and Kevin, I'd like to to hear what you have to say about that as well. My initial thought was just kind of like you know the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and so those that are loudest are the ones that are heard. And there's a lot of middle class free agents or guys that maybe are about to hit free agency in a couple years that are the veteran guys. But as we know, a majority of players are 
not even arbitration eligible. They're making the league minimum. So those players greatly outnumber on just about every roster where if you, if you put it to a vote and if all 40 men in a locker room have, you know, the same weight of their vote, then those young guys can say, Hey, we just need 21 of us. And you know, there's, there's 13 of us that have barely even been in the majors We're we were just added to the 40 man roster. We don't even have any service time yet. All you need is seven other guys. It's really not that hard. So it's interesting that that a lot of, of what this, these negotiations were about with the, with the young players, getting them to get paid. And I think what we saw was their voice saying, we also we thank you. We're getting paid under this deal. So that, that ticks that yeah. box off for us, and it gets our game back. So, yes, let's accept this proposal. But we need more young voices out there. And, and MLB needs to be marketing these young voices as well. Uh, you know, they need to be bringing up who these young superstars are, you know, Scherzer, Trout, you know, great, awesome, love them, absolutely. But we need to be pushing more of the, the Juan Sotos and the Acunas and those kind of guys as well. Uh, but I do think that we've got to figure out how to balance the voice of MLB in these discussions as well. You can't have only the the greatest veterans making the biggest contracts representing. It has to be somebody that really understands, you know, these guys have been through it, I get that. But right now, in this moment, there's a guy trying to get through it have his voice somehow in there as well to, to remind them of those days that they were going through. Yeah. Because to, to Kevin's point, it's easy for Max Scherzer, who's going to make 40 some odd million this year. And I'm not, you know, Max Scherzer, you know, is a, is a good guy. And he, I understand he's trying to look out for the game from his perspective, but the reality is most guys are going to play a few years and they're going to make what they make, and then they're going to go get a job, right? They're going to get a job, and so if Max Scherzer, if they missed two months of the season, that's a blip on the radar to the executive board, how it's currently comprised. But if you go tell a Connor Joe or a, pick a name on any team, multiple names, and you say, "Hey, you're going to lose." a third of your salary this year, two months of maybe an 18 month career, that is significant dollars. And also, by the way, while you're sitting out, the guy that's gonna take your place is getting another year of experience in the minor leagues. So he's just narrowed that gap that much more. And I think going forward, I would hope that that the Players Association represents the rank and file in a more significant way than it looks like it is currently comprised. Yep. Yeah, I think the players overall did a, a good job, and I, I think they probably there's a scenario in which they would have only been able to get one of those two things done with the competitive balance threshold and the league minimum and the pre-arb pools. And so I, I think they were able to move on both of those things. And so they, they should have some pride. And again, th that executive board probably thinks that they could have squeezed more out, but to your point, it, it would have been, you know, much worse uh, and would have done a lot more damage to the game. So it is good to know that, Hey, the, the, the general populace was represented in that vote. And because of them, we're going to have baseball back. Yeah, and that's why sometimes when they talk about the fans and they talk about the good of the game, et cetera, 
uh, there were there were a lot of wins, and the players needed to have some wins and, and significant wins. And I and I think they did. And I don't again, I don't have a a, a horse on either side. I just want to see baseball like you guys. Uh, but I think sometimes when they when they talk about the good of the game, you need to take a step back at the very least, or you're being disingenuous. Great. Final final little tidbit uh, of, of just details that have have come out, and again, we'll get even more information uh, in the coming hours and, and and days ahead. Officially, at 5 p.m. on Thursday, uh, the the lockout will be lifted, uh, and 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 will be officially even more officially officially be done with it. Uh, as you said, seven hundred thousand dollars is the league minimum. It increases to uh, twenty thousand dollars each year. So in that final year of the CBA in 2026, it'll be 780,000. CBT is at 230. It'll be at 223 and 23, 237 and 24. And ultimately at the end in 2026, it'll be at 244. And all of the tax thresholds will be $20 million up. So it starts at 230. Then the next one's at 250. And then the final one is at 290, which has effectively been called the Steve Stephen A. Cohen tax, exactly. uh, which which of which, of which, of which he welcomed. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. I'm good with that. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'll just add Freeman on top of it all. Why not? Just keep yeah. going. Hey, you know? Kevin, I'm with I'm with you. I said this to, um, oh man, you know, just like all of us, we've been on a bunch of calls in the last hour and a half, two hours, and I was talking to somebody in the game, and I said, hey. I guarantee you, and I grew up, you Patrick knows, I grew up a Mets fan. I'm from New York, and and I was a Mets fan. Cohen ain't done. I mean, no. even though he was really active prior to the lockout, he ain't done. He's going to make another splash. You just know it, right? Guaranteed. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, any any final takeaways before we wrap things up? I mean, baseball's back. This is great. I, I'm ecstatic. What What more really is there to say? But take it away if you've got something. Well, I, I would just say this. I mean, and I, and I think it's come out over the last hour with the three of us. People who love the game and adore the game, we're going to talk now about baseball. We're going to talk about, we're not talking about the economics of which the average the average person could give a rat's ass about, pardon the expression. Um, and I know it's been characterized as billionaires arguing with millionaires. And the reality is not all the players we just talked about that are, are multimillionaires. That's not the case. Um, but if you love sport, you want to talk about sport. You want to talk about, oh, my goodness, you know, the, the Rockies were able to sign this player or boy, that that, you know, Mets roster, my goodness, look at that roster. And then when do the games begin? And, and that's. That's what sports is about, not about CBT and, you know, some of the acronyms that, that have come out of which, you know, leave half the people with their eyes blurred over. So the greatest thing is we're now going to be able to talk about the sport of baseball and, and hopefully moving the sport forward and, and getting new fans and, and, and all of those things. The hot stove is getting ready to be flaming hot, and I'm yeah. it's going to be awesome. So bring it on. <laughs> yeah. So, so what did you say? Five thirty. Well, it's past five thirty Eastern. What what time? When does the hot stove start? The it, flaming it, hot it's stove right now. It, it's, it's, it's going. Happening is it on right now? Yeah, it's, it's on. Yes. Oof. Okay, because because Lions did this better than any of us in predicting when this thing was going to get signed. He had March fourteenth. Wow. And he's pretty clairvoyant because he's damn close to it. It's March tenth. 
Um, give me the first major signing. What what hour are we talking? What's the time? I mean, it's now 6.40 in the east, right? I'm looking at my clock, yeah. right? It's 6.42 yeah. in the east. What do you got, Lions? I think it'll be – I don't think it's going to be a big swoon, like like you guys might be thinking. Just before midnight on the east coast will be the first signing. And, and I don't think it'll be – I don't know if it'll be a mega signing. It'll it'll you know be somewhere in the middle, low middle, low mid-range type free agent just before midnight will be the first one. Well, gosh, I feel like price is right now. I got to do like $1 <laughs> just to get under that or something, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think there will be one, at least one tonight. I still think probably a couple and, and I, I won't be surprised if Freeman goes off the board tonight. I really won't. Uh, wow. but we'll see. Is he, last thing for me, Kevin, is he in Atlanta brave? Or is he playing for another team? I, I'm afraid we're going to see him a lot at Coors Field in a Dodgers uniform. That that if I were if I were predicting, that's where I'd go. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Henry! <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to say that, but that's what I'm thinking. So, see, yeah. I, I'm with Kevin in that. If he does move um, zip codes, he's a California guy. Yep. And um, they got deep pockets, even though Artie Marino supposedly voted against raising the CBT. Artie Marino has also been known to spend a lot of money on guys. So uh, if he does leave Atlanta, and, and for Atlanta fans, I hope he stays in Atlanta. But um, I, I agree with Kevin. I think you know his, his next destination may not necessarily be New York. It may be back toward his roots. I think so. It, it definitely will not be Atlanta. The, the way that they spend on free agents, even their own, it just doesn't happen. So you're right. He's uh, he's going to be going elsewhere. And let's keep our eye on Trevor's story. We'll see where, where he ends up. Will Kyle Schwarber or Chris Bryant be a, a Colorado Rocky? You just have to tune in to the DNVR Rockies podcast and on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. Or for 50 cents for your first month, subscribe to the DNVR.com. Hey, Roxpile's doing big things as well for Kevin. You can follow Drew on Twitter at DrewGoodman42. Kevin and his, his crew is over there at Roxpile FS. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. This has been great. And, and baseball is back. And momentum is only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So it's going to be a good one. Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are making sure we are in the best of health because the care of your mouth and your teeth can impact your actual health. They've been doing an amazing job taking care of all of our DNVR members over the years there at Green Mountain Dental Group, especially those that made the permanent switch to Green Mountain Dental Group. Best part is now when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, you're actually going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.